Let's begin now. Jay Bigley, Grant Nicholson producing the operation. Dustman at Springsteen last night, so no Dustman today. Were you at the concert, Grant? No, I did not attend the Springsteen show. Did you watch the Mac McClung show? Uh, I watched part of it. Saw mostly highlights on, was it Twitter? <laughs> I don't know. I was at a, yeah, I was on Twitter. I was at a friend's birthday, so I was unable to watch it in full, but I heard it was pretty impressive. You know what? For uh, some good sports this weekend, I mean, I know we have Super Bowl withdrawals, Kansas City Chiefs withdrawals, until we have the NFL draft coming up at Kansas City, Grant. I don't know if you know this or not, but we're starting a podcast here on 610, and it'll culminate into a show as we get closer to the draft called Character Concerns. Gotta love that name, right? It's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, Nick Schwartz. Kristen Ocero, myself, we're going to have fun with each and every week. I've got some character concerns about every single part of that podcast. I've got a lot of character concerns about you. Yeah. We'll get to that in a little bit. But here's the thing, Grant. XFL started yesterday. Did you watch it? Did you watch it? What what do you think, Jay? You think I watched any second of the XFL? No. No, I don't. I'm still watching Chiefs highlights. And the Daytona 500 is later today. That guarantee you won't watch a second of unless I talk you into it like last year. I got a huge nap coming up today, so... Afternoon's pretty full. Well, the XFL, I'll give I'll give The Rock some credit. I love their challenges, man. There's a couple things I like about that league. One, the challenges, they're transparent with it. It's got Dean Blandino. And keep in mind, they could do this when they only have eight teams. But, you know, they, they show Dean Blandino in the, in, the, in the command center there, and they break it down, and they're really transparent with the calls. The NFL t- could take some lessons, I think, from the XFL, which they did the first time around. Do you know how many things in the NFL actually existed because of when Vince McMahon opened it the first time around the XFL? Isn't it like a, a bunch lot of camera work? And yeah, all a bunch that? of the production stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah the humanizing the players, bringing the players, you know, the spotlight um, with what's going on. So that was cool yesterday. Then you had the stadium series in hockey last night with the Capitals and the Hurricanes. I don't know if you they're playing at NC State, the football stadium there in NC State. You probably didn't watch that either, Grant. No. Outdoor hockey's cool. Outdoor hockey's cool. The NHL, I love that they do this. I think the NFL should do this. You know, they're talking about, you know, with these 17 games and all the international, you know, branding the and NFL marketing and the moving plays out there. The games outside, though. Isn't the stadium series supposed to be because it's outside? Isn't that the... Yeah, but they're playing in football stadiums. It makes it cool. I mean, it's something that, that's talked about. Can you imagine anything more talked about than the National Football League playing in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, at Brian Denny Stadium where Alabama plays? Can you imagine the Chiefs playing at Mizzou? Who's playing a home game in Alabama? Which team? Which know, NFL I mean, team? The Falcons? In Georgia? Yeah, I mean. Okay, I don't know. I was saying or Carolina. I don't I know mean, the crossover between college and pro sports. It, it does, how about the Detroit Lions at the big house? I mean, just something like that. Just just play in a college town, just a college atmosphere, and bring, you know, they're doing all these international games, which is great, but why not have a stadium series? Can you imagine the NFL's marketing power with what they do? They make everything a big deal from the schedule to the draft, to primetime combine, which they're not doing this year, but primetime in the draft to doing everything the NFL touches, it turns the gold. They would make that. Can you, imagine, can you imagine going to a Chiefs home game in Lawrence? Stop by the Porter Potties, make sure that everyone can, can take a great look at that stadium? Well, let's not get crazy here. Oh, okay. Sorry. I mean, they could play in Lincoln. Uh, I guess they could play in Lawrence. They could play in Manhattan. That's close enough. Manhattan would be a really Is cool Is that place. too far? 
You think you think Chiefs and Broncos in Manhattan wouldn't be cool? I mean, call it every year. That, that'd be pretty great, honestly. Just take one game and call it the stadium series. Think about this. There's NFL. a chance it's like 60-40 Broncos if they're in Manhattan. Eh. Okay. The Broncos suck a lot you know, right now. Well, right now, that's fair. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that have uh, you know, joined the Chiefs bandwagon now that uh, weren't on it before, but they are on it now because the Broncos have lost 15 straight to the Kansas City Chiefs. I know there's new hopes with Sean Payton, but if, if you moved it around and just did one game, and just stole, sold it as the college stadium series each year. But think about this, Grant. The NFL fans, as much as they like to travel, I mean, Phoenix, Arizona, I mean, it was, it was overloaded with Chiefs fans. They were everywhere. Even if they're going to the game or not, they wanted to be part of the atmosphere. And they were driving to Arizona, or fans in that area just wanted to be part of the Super Bowl and the festivities. You know, like the Final Four gets a lot. You know, people just want to show up and go to the practices or just be around it. Can you imagine NFL fans? Because the tickets would be a lot better than going to the Super Bowl, trust me. Like the stadium series tickets, and these stadiums aren't small in college football. Now, Manhattan would be a, a step down as far as size, but some of these college stadiums are bigger than National Football League, a lot bigger, like Brian Denny, the big house, et cetera. They're bigger stadiums. But the, they go on Friday night. Like they go on Friday night, they take over the bar scene in the college towns. They do the same thing Saturday. Can you imagine how much fun that would be for fan bases to do that? The Cowboys went to Austin. They could pack 100,000 people in there. That'd oh, be fun. If you had the Chiefs play the Cowboys – on the years that they play, like down like Norman, Oklahoma or something, or UT. I would, or, you know, Texas Tech would probably throw its head, name in the hat, too. The, they actually advertise on 610. I don't know if you ever listened to our postgame show here, Grant. I hope you do. Uh, they, <laughs> 610 Sports Radio. But Texas Tech even runs an ad for that. But it was unbelievable that, uh, you know, they had that last night. And then Mac McClung. Here's an NBA G Leaguer. That was on last night, too. I happened to watch it again. You're looking for different sports to watch and what's going to hold your attention. I just mentioned the other things with the XFL and everything else, but the NBA slam dunk contest is kind of gone the way of the Dodo Birds, right? Like in the home run derby, still in that. The Pro Bowl sucked, and I love anything to do with football, seriously, anything. But this year's Pro Bowl was absolutely, positively horrible. It really was. Everything about it was. The flight football game was dumb. The skills contests were dumb. It already turned into a uh, glorified flag football game the last couple of years. Now it actually is a flag football game. I thought it was stupid. I don't know if you watched any of it. Uh, it could hardly keep my attention. You know me, Grant. I will literally watch NFL teams brush their teeth, which I would rather have done in that situation. I just don't know how you fix the Pro Bowl. Is What, what do you do? No one wants to get out there and play another tackle football game. I, I don't think you can fix it I, unless you did fun things. And I know, I know that people are going to have a problem with this because the Kansas City Star had an article this morning, Grant, said um, people were writing letters to the Star, right? It said the letter writers are big fans, but they were big disappointed to see the team openly drinking booze at this year's Super Bowl parade. First of all, get a life. I mean, these guys were just celebrating it. And the whole town was, give me a rest worth the parade, two. Give me a last time we're five. We're talking 1.6 and 1.7 million people with these two parades combined. City population is, what, 485,000 people in Kansas City proper? <laughs> Seven arrests out of all those people. No, they were fine. The drinking was fine. They were celebrating. That's what you do at parades, by the way. And if you don't want to watch it or don't want to go to it, don't go to it. There's still 999,000 people uh, willing to go to this. But that's what happens. That's what's fun. Even the GOAT last year, Tom Brady, remember that last year, but two years ago when the Bucks won it, you know, got a little inebriated himself. Uh, but but the bottom line is, Grant, as far as as, as far as the parade and, and the drinking and, and going, I would like a drinking contest in the Pro Bowl. 
Because chugging became, I know this sounds, people aren't going to like it. That's fine. I mean, you have two choices. You can watch it or not. Don't you think it'd be fun, though? You remember the craze right around the pandemic when David Bakhtiari, the tackle for the uh, Packers, you know, was chugging beer at the uh, Bucks games and across the uh, arena, Aaron Rodgers would chug it. Then you had Mahomes doing it at the Blues game in St. Louis. And then you had, um, who was it? Jared, not Jared Goff. Who was it? Oh, it was Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Yeah, yeah. He was the king of chugging. Like he just threw it down. Like something like that. Something fun. Yeah, I mean, have a bowl, have a fish. I don't care what they do. Just, but that was dumb. It'd be fun, but I don't, I don't see the NFL signing up for a drinking contest. I agree. It'd be fun. Be interesting to see everybody. But you wouldn't watch that if, like, if, if Bradford I would was sitting watch down it. With the... I'd watch it for sure. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm just don't think they're gonna get a lot of sponsors to sign up for that. Is all. You don't think so? You don't think Bud Light or Coors Light or anybody like that would do it? No. Well, I... <laughs> yeah. You think again, man. I see your point, but I don't. I don't know if the NFL signing up to have a drinking contest. They already all. poured millions in Nashville. Look at the Chiefs parade. It was all about Bud Light. Chad, Chad Henney's been on a circuit now for Bud Light. Travis, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey wore the Light Bud Light chain. <laughs> chain. Mahomes, Coors Light. I'm telling you, man, a chug-off, a certain chug-off, which we did here at the station that you well remember during St. Patrick's Interesting. Day. Interesting. And you and I are the top two slammers when, when here I at the station. When I beat you in the chug contest. You did not. You had a rematch fair and square because it was not timed right. But we did a rematch and I beat you. Bad. Well, not bad. You did beat me, But though. you were close. But the, the video from the first time where I did beat you was mysteriously, saying, mysteriously displaced. Both of us are one and two. There's Fair. no question. 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call it. You win some days. I win some days. I mean, it's that close. Fair. Fair. I mean, any given day, you could beat me. I could beat you. I mean, you, you were a definite challenge. You're the only one to challenge me, like, ever. Ever. But I would watch that with the Pro Bowl, but are you jonesing for sports right now? Like, I want to watch the Daytona 500 later. You get the uh, XFL on. I don't say what you want about it, but I, I just any kind of football. I, I do like the three-point conversions from the 10-yard line. I think that does spike it up and make it interesting. You've mentioned every single sporting event I'm not interested in this weekend, but you skipped out on the one I am. You're not going to watch the NBA All-Star game tonight? I will watch that tonight. Yeah, I okay. told you about right. the, the skills contest. Last night I watched it. Um, I watched the PGA Tour. Been watching that. Tiger Woods, you know, playing it this weekend. So watching the PGA Tour. Um just finding anything, Grant, finding anything to captivate us because the real thing on the back of my mind is the combine and then the draft. Like, those are the two most important things to me this spring. I'm not honestly even over the Super Bowl. I was thinking about the Super Bowl all week long. I was watching highlight videos. I was watching Mic'd Up. Even yesterday, I was talking to my friends. I was like, what am I supposed to do? No Chiefs on, on Sunday. Isn't it kind of weird? Like, people are figuring out what they're doing now. Like, they're driving around. Got our Sundays going, oh my back. God, I don't have anything to do to this. This kind of sucks. But, man, I'm telling you this much, St. Joe's can be off the hook. Because remember last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, what happened? It was a pandemic. The whole damn world it shut got, down. got shut down, yeah. So once they had the parade, just shut down. And then nobody was able to go to training camp because it wasn't anywhere. It was at, back at Arrowhead Stadium. It wasn't in St. Joe. I wish that the NFL, without these teams, are all opening up training camp basically on the same day. would do Midnight Madness. So fans go up there. It's going to be crazy up there this year. Because last year, even the banners, when they raised the banners, you know, there was nobody there. You know, the stadium, this is going to be completely different. Can you imagine how off the hook it's going to be that Thursday night opening game in the NFL when the banner flows for the Chiefs' last Super Bowl win here last weekend? Can you imagine the kind of intensity in St. Joe this week? I mean, that would just be an I-29 shuttle from Kansas City to St. Joe. I'm excited already. I'm already jazzed up about it.
But they, they, they put on a show. That is the world champions. That is the best thing in the National Football League smoking right now. They will tell you otherwise. They will completely tell you otherwise. They're already starting it now. Chiefs are playing the card of nobody respects us, but you know what? They're 100% right. Grant, we've been talking about it all year. We'll discuss that next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back. Happy Sunday morning to everybody out there. Jay Bingley with Grant Nicholson producing the operation. Dustman is all spring-steamed out from last night. Looking for that. Grant, good to see you again as usual. Cut just, your teeth. Uh, you cut your teeth with me, buddy. I just like you, old man. times. I miss you, man. You and I Sunday mornings. Miss One, you, did you bring me breakfast? Probably not. No, I was way late this morning. Two, do you have a girlfriend? Have you screwed that up yet? I still got my girlfriend. Come on, Jay. I'm shocked. You think? <laughs> I'm shocked you ever jacked that up, man. Every week you're like, man, still it's again. It's been a long time, man. It has. You're not. It's it's a, a dynasty, for sure. Chiefs have a dynasty going on right now. Do you believe it's a dynasty? I, I do. I don't know. Dynasty talk is weird, but anytime you go to five straight AFC home championship games, I think the dynasty talk is pretty warranted. I think there's a strong case to be made. It is. It won't be in other cities. I mean, the hate is real. And here's the thing. The social media, the way it is now, it's just different winning the Super Bowl, and it gets different every year. It gets more magnified. Can you imagine Twitter when Michael Jordan played? Do you think people probably would have complained about him? People love to complain about everything. They do. And now you, now you see everybody just complaining about the Chiefs, looking for every little thing that happened, right? Especially now you have more outlets than any any time ever oh, to you complain. Do. You complain on whatever platform you want. You, you complain on any platform you do, and they do. I've never seen so much crying. Like all the crying that happened in Cincinnati, in Philadelphia with the officials, honestly, could fill the Great Lakes. It really could. I mean, there's so much crying has gone on. People won't accept the fact and give the Chiefs the credit they're due. They don't bring up the fact when the score was 14-7, to 7, Grant. It was third and eight, and they threw the ball to Juju. Obviously held. Obviously held. Obviously. But no one brings that up. And the Chiefs end up having the punt. And you remember Nick Bolton gets the scoop and score right after that because Jalen Hurts. But even guys like Skip Bayless and others say, oh, it should have been the MVP. Really? He's the one that fumbled the football away for Nick Bolton to score. And you know what? Nick Bolton probably should have had two touchdowns because you know what? In Philadelphia, if that was them, they'd be saying he should have had a touchdown. They would have. That second Nick Bolton touchdown they didn't allow, they would have said they should have had it. The, the second one was awfully close. It was awfully close, but he, they, he, they would have claimed that they would have wanted it. They would have wanted, yeah. they, would, they would admit the holding at the end because, oh, you don't call it in that situation. No, you don't call pass interference on Hail Marys in the end zone. That's when they let people play. But those type of plays you do call because it doesn't matter when it happens, two minutes or five minutes left in the game. But here's the thing people are forgetting, Grant. That game was not over. Even if they don't call that, you really think the Chiefs are going to lose that game? They had scored on every single possession. Do you really honestly – all right, they get the ball back, Jalen Hurts takes him down, scores a touchdown. You really honestly think Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have done the same thing? Well, and they were going to punch it in. They are going to get some sort of points on that drive. But if you don't hold Juju Smith-Schuster, it's a timing route. There's a chance that that little teardrop that Patrick Mahomes puts up ends in a touchdown. It just, it just amazes me. All the complaining. They, they, the Chiefs won't get their due. But Andy Reid just owns the AFC. And I've said it before. This division, which Patrick Mahomes has never, ever lost a divisional road game, 16-0. That itself should be a stat they talk about, but they don't. They won't talk about the fact he's undefeated. I see Travis Kelsey get mentioned. Oh, Travis Kelsey's a great player and all this. He's 
You know, he's on Saturday Night Live. He, he's, no, no, he's also the best ever. And I've said it before. Travis Kelsey is twice as good as anybody else to ever play his position. You cannot find another position on the football field that's better by two times. If you don't believe me, seven straight years of 1,000 yards, never mentioned. Greg Olson had the record at three straight, and that was the record. Travis Kelsey has doubled it plus added to it. And then when Travis Kelsey gets 1,000 yards next year, he'll have doubled 1,000-yard season by his tight ends. Tony Gonzalez did it four times, weren't consecutive. Jason Witten, four times, weren't consecutive. Gronk, four times, weren't consecutive. Shannon Sharp, three times. He'll have done it double anybody else, Grant. You cannot find that kind of production and separation and a Grand Canyon-sized gap between two players in the National Football League like you can there. But the doubters will still be there, and they'll be crying. And then, then you see this article, and people are going nuts about it. I'm telling you guys, you got to have thick skin because the Chiefs are now the villains. The Chiefs are now the Patriots. The Chiefs are now that hated team around the National Football League. Hate us because you ain't us? That's Kansas City. Just enjoy it. Enjoy being on top of the mountain. But I'm telling you this much. There's so many bandwagon fans that jumped on the Chiefs bandwagon, but there's also so many haters as well. The haters and non-believers that will root for the Chiefs to lose. A lot like we used to root for Tom Brady to lose in the New England Patriots. You get tired of seeing it. I know I got tired of seeing it. I get tired of seeing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl every year. It drove me freaking nuts. But you know what? I appreciated what he was doing and respected that team. But you know what? The Patriots had some close games, did they? All those Super Bowls came down the wire. I mean, Atlanta just choking away that. But but uh, there was an article by um, SB Nation's James Data. James Data. I don't know if you saw it. Here's the title. The Chiefs are also the Super Bowl champions of gaslighting. Talking about Travis Kelsey, talking about the doubters and everything else. You know what? This team did have doubters, Graham. Every week I would play, and I talk about on the postgame show, about all the doubters. All the national media people that were doubting the Kansas City Chiefs. And these people that write the Chiefs are gaslighting are irresponsible and dumb. Probably dropped on their heads as kids because they don't remember anything. The Chiefs. Yes, they weren't the Super Bowl favorites. It was a team that everybody doubted. Tyree Kill's gone in Miami. Ooh. Patrick Mahomes sets an NFL record for total yards. Patrick Mahomes, another 5,000-yard season. Patrick Mahomes, MVP. Really bothered him. But it was so many doubters out there. And the whole gaslighting, all oh, the Chiefs are making up all this. Nobody believes in them. Really? Like, for whatever reason this offseason, Molly and Steve made, we have kind of forgotten a little bit about Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs are going to uh, make the playoffs. I said it to McCall Harmon. Listen, you can't be one-sided. Within their division, they're the only team that is front-loaded on the offensive side of the ball. Every team has closed the gap. Because they were afraid <laughs> of picking the Chiefs. They all had these hot takes. And they'll be sizzling takes this year. Heck, the Chargers are already going to be the AFC West preseason champions coming up. Even their head coach melts down completely. So much so that Brett Veach, GM of the Chiefs, the parade. So... Start the season, 24 new faces, 11 of them are, are rookies, and many people thought this was a retooling year. So in Kansas City, this is what a rebuilding year looks like right here. 
And it, it was the picture of Lombardi Trophy. Do you know the 24, Grant, of the 53 guys that were on the roster last year against the Bengals are new? That is flipping the roster. Do you realize I know Clark Hunt has talked about 20 of the 22 guys that he's drafted the last three years on the roster? Actually, if you include McCole Hardman that was on injured reserve, 21 of the last 22 draft picks for the Chiefs are on the roster in some capacity. Practice squad, injured, or whatever. 21 of 22. Find another team with that, Grant. You can't. Well, and it's incredibly impressive what Brett Veach has been able to do. I mean, it also, I think, also speaks to the greatness of Patrick Mahomes is that you can kind of reshape and retool and get guys in there and he will get you across the finish line kind of regardless of what, what's on the roster. Not to say those guys obviously weren't good players and they won the Super Bowl, but he is otherworldly sometimes. I mean, you just look at the last three years, this this last draft. Insane. Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, Sky Moore, Brian Cook, Leo Chanel, Joshua Williams, Darian Kennard, Jalen Watson, Isaiah Pacheco, and Nazi Johnson. Nazi Johnson was on the on the on the team. He did play some special team snaps, and Darian Kennard would find himself inactive a lot. But the contributors, contributors, contributors. Jalen Watson, two interceptions in the postseason, seventh-round pick. Isaiah Pacheco, don't even talk about him anymore because you know how damn good he is, seventh-round pick. Sky Moore gets a touchdown the Super Bowl, second-round pick. And there's O.J. McDuffie, one of the corners out there, starter for this football team. George Karloftis, the way he ended the season. Brian Cook getting snaps. Joshua Williams getting snaps. That was just last year's draft class. The year before, Nick Bolton, second in the NFL in tackles, set a franchise record for tackles. I said often he would probably make you forget about Derek Johnson. Got laughed at that. A lot of people laughed at that. You laughing now? Creed Humphrey, Joshua Kando, who's usually inactive, but he is on the roster. Noah Gray, Cornell Powell, practice squad, Trey Smith. Year before, Clyde, Willie Gay, Lucas Niang, still on the roster. LaJaya Sneed, Michael Dana, Bo Peak Keys, the one guy that's not still on this roster. That's how you win, Grant. You win doing stuff like this. Like, this is how you win as an NFL team. You take guys through the draft. When you're paying 17% of your money to Patrick Mahomes, and Albert Breer had a great article about this in Monday Morning Quarterback on Sports Illustrated, talking about how the Chiefs were proactive. Brant Tillis, who does the incredible cap stuff with the Chiefs, and Brett Veach, the GM, they thought about how they're going to pay Patrick Mahomes before he even started, Grant. Because they they sat down and thought, honestly, this guy's going to win an MVP. This guy's going to win a Super Bowl. I have never in my life heard about a player where, they, where, where Beach, Clark Hunt, you name it, would go watch him when he practiced since 2017 in training camp, the things he was doing. You've heard the players talk about the things Patrick Mahomes was doing him. Can you imagine having a guy that would be the MVP of the National Football League the next year as a backup for your football team? But they would run up and watch highlights up in the dorm rooms of St. Joe because of what he was doing on the football field. That's insane. We've never seen anything like it. And as long as he hears, is here, the team's going to still roll. And, and this team has flipped the roster. This is a big credit to Brett Beach. Since Mahomes became a starter, only four guys on this roster. I brought that up and quizzed you, Grant. Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, only weapons on this team before Mahomes. That's it. That's it. And then James Winchester and Harrison Butker, special teams better. That's it. That's it. Everybody else is doing 24 of 53 guys. New from last year. That's how you win. You win by going out and signing Jerry McKinnon for the league minimum. That's the way he went. Back on June 14th last year, I know he was with the team the year before, but still was an offseason addition because they paid him league minimum back in June. Anyway, plenty to talk about, and we'll look forward to the NFL draft. Ron Kopp, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com, next. 
You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Whether your dog is in their puppy, adult, or senior years, the best way to feed their happy, healthy life is with fresh, healthy food. The Farmer's Dog makes it easy to keep your best friend healthy inside and out with fresh recipes made from real meat and veggies. They're pre-portioned just for your pup and delivered right to your door. Help your dog live a healthy life and get 50% off your first box of real fresh food at thefarmersdog.com slash healthieryears23. That's thefarmersdog.com slash healthieryears23. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year, which means... Wait, 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 hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah, that's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first-year cash back match. Only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. At Staples, you can count on every project being print perfect, guaranteed. I need presentations and brochures printed, and they have to be perfect. Your bounded presentations, brochures with the finest folds, and more will be done right every time. That's our print big promise. Now at Staples, get $10 off your document printing and marketing materials order of $50 or more, plus 20% back by a store bonus. Try Staples and see the difference. Ends 225. Rewards members only. Bonus must be redeemed in store. See staples.com slash stores slash print big for details enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at bet mgm sign up today using promo code ctap that's c-t-a-p-p and receive up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with bet mgm you'll receive instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options player props and daily boosted odd specials and with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. So find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with promo code CTAP, C-T-A-P-P, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. New customers offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued to non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. No one does happy hour like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, we have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu second to none. And don't forget about our 29 degree man-sized drafts. Our happy hour will have you coming back for more. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. At the Home Depot, we know the world is a messy place. Keeping it clean takes science. That's why businesses everywhere have long trusted cleaning products from Ecolab to take on the toughest messes. And now, that level of clean is available for your home. Introducing Ecolab Scientific Clean, a full line of professional-grade cleaning products for all your home's needs. So you can clean like you mean business. Now available exclusively at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Three people you should be 100% certain about. Your barber, your plumber, and your tax pro. 
Switch to Jackson Hewitt and you can be 100% certain about your taxes. We'll get you your maximum refund guaranteed and we'll back your return for life. Don't be kind of certain or almost certain. Be 100% certain. Switch to Jackson Hewitt today and get 50% off tax prep. Limited time offer for new clients filing at participating locations. Max value $200. Visit jacksonhewitt.com slash 50 for terms. Evan Matt talks with Matt Hardy. There's nothing like a wrestling fan, you know, for better or for worse. How do you handle that, though? We're talking about people talking about your family, what they don't know about your family or your right. brother or you. How, how does one handle that from a day-to-day basis? Uh, something I joke about with the Young Bucks all the time. I said, if you would vanity search Matt Hardy on Twitter, I said, after you got through 100 replies, you want to quit the business and never never be seen again. It's just, you, you just learn to deal with it. You know what I mean? It's the Kick Rocks Wrestling Podcast with Evan T. Mack. Subscribe now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. He's got it on the edge. He will walk into the end zone. Extend Sports Radio. Welcome back, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson, producing the operation. About to talk to Ron Top, lead analyst over there at Pride.com. Speaking of that, Pete Sweeney will join us at 11.30. He's got a book out now. So not only do we hear Pete all the time, but he's got a new book for you to read. That'll be exciting. I can't wait to dive into that book. And plus, we'll go out to uh, Surprise Arizona and talk to Josh Vernier about the Kansas City Royals, who are in spring training Coming up here about 10 o'clock. First, we'll have the Ron Cop, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. Ron, good morning, my friend. Jay, good morning. It's a, it's a, it's a weird weekend with, with no football to uh, look forward to, but that isn't stopping me from watching some, uh, some college football this weekend. That's what I've been doing. How, how are you doing? You know, I'm the same way. I mean, I watch a lot of college football anyway. You know that. And, and Reed does, too. If you watch uh, Brett Veach with Pat McAfee on there talking about the uh, amount of time Andy Reid will spend watching the college game and seeing the intricacies of what they're doing in the game, it's impressive. But one thing that's funny is the the articles, the people talking about the Chiefs gaslighting. The haters, as you know, Ron, they were real. This isn't a figment of our imagination. Yes, there are people that like the Chiefs, but there's a hell of a lot more in the national media that didn't. Well, absolutely, and I mean, I think it was—it it wasn't that much of a, a, a far-off uh, visualization to see the Chiefs, you know, maybe having a little bit of a struggle this year. I mean, I'm even one that maybe was one to say, you know, it's just going to be harder this year with the schedule, with the division. Obviously, I mean, you know, I—I I, I definitely thought, you know, a team like Denver would would give them a little more of a run. Um, you know, the Raiders obviously had a lot of talent together and, and went on that run the year before. I mean, there was reason to see it being a really harder time, tougher time for the Chiefs. So I don't get why everyone is is so upset over us pointing that out as, as the Chiefs kingdom because it, it was okay to have that opinion. It wasn't, it wasn't you know, it, it wasn't this, this outlandish thing to say, oh, the Chiefs are going to have a, a harder time this year without Tyreek Hill and all these rookies on the defense they're obviously relying on. But that's just it just shows you how 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 great Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are and, and how how much they get the benefit of the doubt. How much, you know, those two, those pillars and you and you can even throw uh, Travis Kelsey in as a cornerstone of the team, but those three pillars of the team, how much they matter and and how much, you know, they can overcome whatever else about the team is going on and so I think people learned their lesson. I think, you know, they've established themselves as as, as you know, that kind of just, uh, you know, um, always their inevitable dynasty now, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're I think I think you always hear it a little bit, uh, Jay, but uh, we they learned their lesson uh, this time around. Yeah, and Travis Kelsey needs to get that Gronk type respect around the around the league, because as, as I mentioned earlier, he gets a thousand yards this season. 
He'll have double as much as any tight end. Gonzalez only had four. Witten had four. Gronk had four. I mean, it's unbelievable. At eight. What do you think the biggest misconception going into this game was? Because the whole broadcast on TV, Bradshaw and all of them picked the Eagles. So they can say whatever they want, but they did. There's visual proof of their picks and everybody picking the Eagles in this game. But to me, it was their pass rush. And the Chiefs offensive line, you know, they, they took notice of that. That's why they had zero sacks on their T-shirts at the parade. Yes, the Eagles had 70 sacks. I will say the offensive lines they play weren't great. They played some stone in the pockets as quarterbacks, not good quarterbacks that they played. The Chiefs were number two. Nobody mentioned that, and nobody mentioned the fact that the offensive line of the Eagles gave up 18 more sacks this year than the Chiefs. To me, that was the biggest misnomer not talked about. What about you? Yeah, I think I, I'm with you, and I think I'll take it a little step further in terms of looking at you know how how it just felt like everyone wanted to say the the Eagles front versus the Chiefs offensive line was a mismatch. I mean, I think people just kind of overlooked that you know, and for an entire front, when you're talking about playing the run and the pass, the linebackers have a lot to do with that too, right? And, and I think you look at maybe some of the best pass rushes the Chiefs have faced in the past. You look at the Buccaneers Super Bowl maybe, and and, and their dynamicism at linebackers. I was pointing it out before the game, but but the Eagles, as good as their front, the the exact front, you know, the four man front was, the linebackers behind them have been struggling this year, and it was ac- absolutely a point of exploitation for the Chiefs' offense in the game. I mean, you saw, you know, uh, constantly wide open throws over the middle for Kelsey. You know, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster obviously finding space over the middle. That was the thing. I think I think you know people kind of overlooked the fact that. Andy Reid has faced a great pass rush before. I mean, what he does is he he neutralizes it by by, uh, by play calling, right? Hey, let's run the ball more. Let's get into third and short so we're not just in third and longs. That was a great thing they did, right, is avoid third and longs in the Super Bowl and really, you know, uh, prevent the, the Eagles pass rush from just pinning their ears back and, and getting after it. But it was also just the fact that, the Eagles defensive front, when you're talking about rushing the passer and stopping the run, you got to include the linebackers too. And, and, and I think people just kind of overlooked that, you know, Andy Reid can, can, can exploit linebackers with the best of them. And that's absolutely what he did in the run and the pass game. And, and that's where the, the, the Eagles pass rush, you know, their front being such a dominant, you know, uh, mismatch for the chiefs offense. It just wasn't as, as much of a mismatch as it, as it uh, was talked about before the game. And they played a real quarterback in Petra Mahomes, who wasn't Cooper rush, Kenny Pickett, um, Daniel Jones, Andy Dalton, Davis Webb, Josh Johnson, Taylor Heineke, uh, Davis Mills, some of the quarterbacks that the Eagles played this season, far different when, when they're facing Patrick Mahomes. But, yes, I mean, the doubters are still there with this football team. They'll be there in the offseason. I told people you have to get thick skin. You're now the villains. Like, the Chiefs are the villains of the National Football League. But one thing is, is we have the uh, combine coming up here uh, starting on February 28th through the March 26th and then the uh, draft uh, in Kansas City, April 27th or 29th. That's where these teams are made. How about 24 of the 53 guys on this roster different from last year when they lost to the Bengals in the AFC title game? 21 of the last 22 guys are still on the roster in some capacity with the Kansas City Chiefs the last three years of the draft. That is unheard of in the National Football League. It's unbelievable, and, and, and that's why Brett Veach definitely deserves all the credit he can get. I know you guys talked about it a little bit, but, I mean, you know, this is this was Veach's team, you know, that, that, that he built this time. I, I think, you know, the, the first Super Bowl, you know, Veach deserves a lot of credit for kind of building, you know, getting those veterans in there, the free agency in there, right? You know, getting Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew and, and, and other guys, you know, obviously getting Terrell Suggs really late in the season. You know, that's a great Veach move. But it wasn't necessarily, you know, exactly his team that he built. You know, still a lot of those players on that team were John Dorsey picks, right? And and I think this year you 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 can look and say, no doubt, especially 
that, you know, the vast majority of this team was built by Brett Veach and the cornerstones, obviously, that have been here. You know, that's – you can – you know, they're, they're going to be here, right? But the fact that Veach was able to build, you know, a team around them, like you mentioned, 22 of the last 22 draft – 21 of the last 22 draft picks on the team. But it is also a, a, a something to point out as you look forward, Jay. I mean, that's unprecedented success in the draft. It's hard to rep- replicate that year after year. And if you keep doing it, it's only going to give you really tough decisions to make, right? You're going to have to, you know, make decisions on shoot. You know, I really like this guy. I drafted him. I developed him, you know, or I, you know, I kind of saw him through as a GM. Well, now I have to make a tough decision and not pay him because I like so many of these other guys I've drafted over the last years. So not only is that part of the the thing that's coming up for him, but we also just need to, you know, maybe just, you know, uh, take a, a, a pill of realism and, and also see that, you know, he could have a, a, you know, kind of a swing and a miss draft class this year, and it still wouldn't take away from from what he did the past two years. It's just that hard in the draft. So the draft is that much of a crapshoot. It's good that he has all this ammunition. That's going to help him kind of, you know, uh, prevent it from being, you know, a, a bad draft class. But it's all to say that these last two years have been so good that he, he's kind of built up some, some maybe some, uh, some, you know, some goodwill over these these next drafts. Talk of the Ron Cop lead analyst over at ArrowheadPride.com. Ron, all right, we're sitting here right now. We talked a lot last year during the draft, a lot during the draft process of where the Chiefs should go uh, in the first round. Little we know they'd get two first-round picks. But if you're the Chiefs right now and you're on the clock, do you trade down? Some people have them trading out, which they're not going to do in Kansas City with the draft here. Uh, CBS just put out a mock and had the Chiefs drafting Jameer Gibbs, the running back of Alabama. They are not drafting a running back in the first (laughs) round. Um, You laughed. I laugh. Uh, Who knows? They could do it, I guess, but I doubt they do it. I'm still sitting at wide receiver in the first round for the Chiefs. I am too. I am too. I, I don't mean to agree with you so much, but I really no, do fine. think this is it's it's <laughs> yeah it's 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 when you have Patrick Mahomes, when you have have uh, the 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 star the the star power the star uh, power you have at quarterback for these next obviously you know this next decade. I mean, just keep refilling that receiver group and. That's the thing. We don't know how this receiver room is going to look. Uh, you know, obviously we have free agency to go. Juju Smith-Schuster is, is, you know, is someone that's a really interesting case of do they resign or not. He's by far the biggest name on the, re- the free agency uh, market for receivers. So he might just, you know, get a, a, a good deal somewhere else. McCole Hardman, I think, is honestly in a similar situation where I do think another team's going to just want to, to use his speed, use his playmaking, and try to make more of it than maybe the Chiefs have in, the, in his career so far. So I do think there's a chance you don't have either of those guys on the team. And, and, and that leaves, you know, the receiving room in, in good hands to, to an extent with Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But let's keep adding, right? And, and I'd love them to get a, a day one kind of receiver rather than, you know, Sky Moore obviously was a day two pick. I think we're all excited about his future. But I think there's a difference between that and, and, and someone you can get on day one. There's a few interesting names in this year's class too, so I, I'm I'm still sticking on receiver for day one. Yeah, as far as receivers, I mean the the market exploded last year. Teams weren't expecting what they did, and Tyree Kill goes out there and crushes that wide receiver mark. Uh, Christian Kirk as well, and I like it a lot of Juju's stats to Christian Kirk uh, in the National Football League. Yeah. Juju's 26. Jacoby Myers and Juju are probably the top two uh, receivers. Mm-hmm. Again, guys like Alan Lazard. In the top five, you know, Ju- or McCall Hardman's a top 10 receiver in this free agent class. All these receivers, but Juju is going to get the bag. And last year he bet on himself with the Chiefs. The year before that, he bet on himself the one year with the Steelers. Yeah, and, and that's where I just I, – I think Juju was a really important part of this Super Bowl team. And, and I think especially, uh, you know, as the se- – kind of in the beginning of the season, as the season kind of, 
got going in that middle part, he he definitely found his role in the offense. And really, you know, obviously we saw in the Super Bowl, he had some stretches where he was really important. But I, you know, just to be honest, I really do think his role can be can be you, you know, replaced by someone like a Sky Moore, you know, right? Someone that you know can create separation in short spaces, but also kind of be tough, you know, as a ball carrier. You know, I think that Sky has those traits, right? And I think you can kind of help him develop into that in, into that role. But also Kadarius Tony, I think in some ways can kind of do some of the things that they like to have Juju do. Um, so that's where I just think if, if the deal is not there with Juju, I, I think it's it's okay to let him walk. I think the Chiefs' offense will survive, obviously. Um, but he he was an important part of the team, so it's not to say that it's not to say that he wasn't a big piece. He was the team's number one wide receiver, led the led the wide receiver room in, in, in all the statistical categories this season, and obviously you know had some clutch plays in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs. So I, I think Juju definitely deserves some love there. And I don't I don't think anything really matters to be honest with you. Once you lose Tyree Kills, it really matter. I mean they beat the Bengals. <laughs> right. Justin Watson didn't play that game. He was he was he was still ill. They ended the game with Noah Gray and Joey Fortson running wide receiver routes. The, you exactly. know, the tight ends are doing that. And your next-door neighbor was playing wide receiver, and they still were able to win. I don't care who leaves. It doesn't matter. But I continue to give Patrick Mahomes weapons. Honestly, I know they had to address other parts on this team and getting by, and that's fine. But you think about Peyton Manning. Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne weren't too bad at wide receiver in, uh, in uh, Indianapolis. No, they were not. Uh, yeah, and and that's the thing. I think I think the Chiefs have a nice little group, a nice little duo of young receivers right now that I think they can build on. I think Tony and Moore have some skills that we're all excited about, but you can't just bank on on those guys. I mean, there there are obvious reasons why you know you need to add to those, those two guys, and 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 I think those two are more of maybe closer to day two kind of receivers, even though Tony was a first round pick. You know, I, I think you do want to try to get an alpha in this room, and I think you, you can maybe find one in the first round here. You might have to trade up, and, and that's the thing we'll have to talk about as we get on here in the draft process. But I do think receivers should be uh, fresh on their minds. I was that way last year, too. I had him get uh, Christian Watson. They ended up uh, going to the Packers. Man, I got Jaylen. Think about that. Hey, he's a pretty good player. I just like that 6'4", <laughs> 4'3", four, four, speed. I think that would fit well with the Chiefs. Jalen Hyatt's my guy this year from Tennessee. I know you've had an opportunity to look ahead a little bit, defensive line prospects. Hey, this draft is really deep at defensive line as well. Yeah, you know, I will say this this weekend has definitely been more defensive line because, you know, the thing about the defensive line is they're losing, uh, you know, uh, Derek Naughty is a free agent. They're losing, you know, potentially Colin Saunders, also a free agent. They're going to need some interior help, uh, you know, to go along with Chris Jones, you know, and obviously we're going to have to see with him, you know, whether he gets an extension this offseason, but he's, he's going to be sticking around, I got to imagine. And, you know, I've been wanting. I've been looking at some guys to be that kind of nose tackle, uh, a gap stuffers, but also give you a little more than just that. And I think that's what the Chiefs have been missing, maybe from that position, is someone that can do a little more than just stuff the run, like Naughty has. I'm talking guys like Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. I think can give you a little bit of that. Mossy Smith from Michigan has something a little more to his game than just being a run stuffer, even though that is primarily what he does. And then how about Siaki Ika? I believe is how you pronounce it from Baylor, the big boy. Those are a few of the names I've been looking at just as a gap, you know, big nose tackle kind of players, but can also maybe give you a little more than just that, a little more pass rush juice too. They'll all be maybe a little past the first round, but that's where I, I think that's kind of the sweet spot for this position. You don't need to invest too highly in it, but get someone that's going to give you maybe something right away. I think all three of those guys could start right away and be pretty good players. I really like that Ozzie Smith out of Michigan. He's 6'3", yeah. 337 pounds. I really, really like that Kobe Turner. 
uh, Gervin Dexter, uh, senior of Florida, all these guys that think could make a difference oh, yeah. for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ron Cop, lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com. We'll be chatting with him um, again as we close our draft process. Happy Sunday to you, Ron. Enjoy the XFL today. <laughs> yes, sir, Jay. Talk to you later. Take care. There's Ron Cop, lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com right there. We come back. Look at the wide receiver. Why I think the Chiefs should draft that in the first round next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back, Jay Binkley. Grant Nicholson producing the operation. Dustman on Springs themed out today. Here, Dustman tomorrow night. Grant, I told you I want to go wide receiver. I'll tell you who I take. I, I did mention it there with Ron, but if you weren't listening, that's fine. We'll do it again. What position are you taking and why? Uh, I kind of, either you or Ron, I think is good. You're going to need some depth pieces along the defensive line are always great or a wide receiver. I think that's what we needed last offseason. I think that's kind of what we sort of need this offseason. I mean, they're able to get good deals. Still had McCole Hardman here, able to get a good deal on Juju and MBS. Didn't spend a lot of money on that. You, you kind of want like a, a solid piece, though, that'll be here for multiple years. It can kind of be like a bigger X guy. They spent like $13 million less than what Tyreek Hill signed for this year for the whole wide receiver room. Um, there's a few names out there to watch. Now, Jackson Smith and Igba was a guy that I loved at, uh, at Ohio State. Was hurt with the hamstring this year, so we didn't really see it. But the year before, don't forget he had 95 catches, 1,606 yards. Garrett Wilson, the rookie of the year, 70 for 105.8. So he had almost 600 more yards than Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. We know how good he's going to be too. 65 for 936. He actually led the way was hurt last year a little bit. So, you know, it's buyer beware on that, but I still like him. My guy though, I like, I really, really like Quentin Johnson at uh, Johnston at uh, TCU. And you've seen him uh, play against K state a couple times this year, but six, four, two I just think that's, you know, perfect for what the chiefs need, especially if you, you lose Juju, even though Juju's only about what six, one, but he plays a lot tougher than that my guy's Jalen Hyatt my guy's Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee six foot 185 just a burner on the football field catches everything late first round you know I see some now where he's bumping up into the early 20s again the combine that's when I'll start putting the mocks out because guys completely change when the combines come out I put a Christian Watson in the first round last year from North Dakota State and everybody laughed but who's laughing now that's the real question but I like Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee I don't. I think that's good. I also like the Njigba or Smith and Jigba pick. Mm-hmm. I think that wide receiver room at Ohio State's insane. Um, I think those are both good good options. Zay sure. Flowers at Boston College is good, but the the CBS Sports mock that had the Chiefs going running back in the first round again that ain't happening, man. Smith and Jigba I think is probably better than than Zay Flowers and pretty much any of the other top. Oh, 100 percent. He's going to be. Yeah, Jackson Smith is going to be one of the top three receivers taken. Jordan Addison's probably the second receiver's taken. Quentin Johnston uh, from TCU, probably the first uh, receiver taken. Josh Downs at North Carolina, Zay Flowers. But they're both under six foot. Zay Flowers and, and Josh Downs. I just think the Chiefs, I would just continue to build up. And I know the argument. And by the way, our text line, 913-586-7610. I'd love to know where you guys would go in the first round of the NFL draft. But to me, I keep giving the, the talent to Mahomes. You say, well, he makes everybody look good. Well, yeah, again, I'll bring up Peyton Manning again. He made Brandon Stokely and Jacob Tammy look good. That's fine. But he also had Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. Joe Montana had Jerry Rice and John Taylor. Marino, Duper and Clayton. They had guys to throw to. 
And I get it. I get it. You look at a guy like Brady. And yeah, Troy Brown that won a Super Bowl, first Super Bowl with the Patriots and Tom and ended up playing defense as well. Defense won a lot of those games for the Patriots when the Patriots offense was up and rolling. That year they went undefeated with Randy Moss. They didn't win the Super Bowl. The Giants did and David Tyree's catch. So it, it's tough. Tom Brady's probably done the most with less in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes has as well. Remember all the money Patrick Mahomes made Albert Wilson? Yeah. In that last game in 2017 against the Broncos. Dolphins legend. I mean, he got that money because of Mahomes. He totally got that money because of Patrick Mahomes. But I'm going wide receiver because why wouldn't you? What's the best player in your team? Mahomes. Who's the best player in the league? Mahomes. Who should you always give talent to? Mahomes. They traded away his best weapon last year in Tyreek Hill. Give him another weapon. What are the Chiefs known for? Where they get at offense. Keep supplying offensive weapons because they're finding a way to piece together the defense. And they went crazy on defensive backs last year. And people said they couldn't rush the quarterback and they ended up with 55 sacks, 24 more sacks than they did before. We're headed out to the desert. We'll switch gears and talk Kansas City Royals, who are in spring training next with our insider, Josh Vernier. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.